This episode is brought to you by Vidiate. Vidiate automates the creation of software videos, making it super fast and easy to produce up-to-date content with every new release. From script to screen, with no in-between, you're able to skip all the manual labor of production by simply plugging in a script to the platform and then watching that video come to life in real time. Check it out today at video.io. Welcome to C-Lab, the customer education laboratory. <laughs> I don't know, I shouldn't say it that way, but the customer education laboratory where we explore how to build customer education programs. We experiment with new technologies and new approaches and we exterminate the myths and the bad advice that stop your organization's growth dead in its tracks. I'm Dave Darrington, and today we're kicking off on National Popcorn Lovers Day, okay, or National Meatball Day, and apparently today is, of all days, Mark, this is also National Barbie Day, which is cool. We get to own recognition. But seriously, what we're going to talk about today. So, Mark, just say hello to the audience. Where are you from? Welcome to the show. Yeah. Hey, Dave. My name is Mark Kellinger. I'm just outside of San Diego, California. Yeah. And I'm the co-founder of Vidiate. We're happy to have you today. Thanks for joining us, Mark. And today, with speaking of Vidiate, this is a product that I know personally have used. It's really cool, folks. So. Let's frame this up by saying, Vidya, you've been a great sponsor for us this year in the first inaugural sponsorship year of C-Lab, and I really appreciate that. And why? Let's talk about why. Like many of you, I'm breaking the fourth wall talking to all of you in the audience, all of our friends. You've probably had this journey like I have. I'm going to talk from my own experiences right now. Video is so important. We're going to get into those discussions, right, Mark? But the creating video is hard. It's difficult. This is a thing that historically, I taught in a university that had a media department. I was in the communication school where we were learning to do this kind of stuff with really complex technology. And making video has always been really hard. But now, 2023, we have technologies like the one we're going to talk today that help us through this problem. Getting over this exhaustion, this, I have to record my voice. I have to record all these things. I have to capture all this stuff. I have to assemble, just like a video production engineer would do, a story. And that's hard. That's complicated. So I don't want to get ahead of ourselves here, but what I want to enter into our discussion today, Mark, is we're talking about now in 2023, the world has palpably changed from this cloud, B2B, B2C, software as a service, SaaS, we like to call it, snarkily. These technologies that we're making, like your platform, are now able to do some of the painful, tedious, annoying things that we've always had to do. It's magic, right? Including things like language and translation and voiceovers and all the stuff that has made me just go flipping nuts. So, Mark, I want to talk about some points you and I have been, been chatting over email and such for a while in Slack. Let's get into a really good discussion about this. Let's talk about this space of video, how it's important to us in software, how can we use it, and then let's talk about video. You ready? I'm ready. Let's go. 
All right. Let's tee up the first topic. So, so again, Mark, before we get going, you've introduced yourself a little bit. Can you tell me, as we get into discussions, what is this problem space in your yeah. own impression that you and the platform that you've, been, you've co-founded and you're working on has been set out to help solve and break? Break into. Great. Well, you know, you've used a couple of words like B2B SaaS and, mm-hmm. and video and things like that. So my partner and co-founder, Dave Gullo, who was really the smart one on the team, he invented the technology. You know, we both had experienced this problem in being in the software space, the enterprise B2B space, whatever you want to call it these days. Yeah. That, you know, when you make software, you have to train people, right? Customer education. Yeah. And, you know, as the world's moved from, you know, heavily ILT to, you know, people want to self-serve beyond demand. And more importantly, as SaaS companies, you know, move to building modern SaaS platforms, the software changes all the time. You know, mm-hmm. 10 years ago, software changed twice a year. You were a happy camper, you know, <laughs> customer education had to catch up twice a year. I mean, we talked to company after company that, you know, the software changes every day, continuous integration, continuous delivery, you know, yeah. from the engineering side. Now, it doesn't mean the UI changes every day, but the UI can change pretty frequently. So we were studying this problem and both had experienced it. And as you said, you know, making video can be quite time consuming. And it really came down to this. Like, how do you operate an engineering organization in a B2B SaaS company where you're changing the software all the time? And how do you get video made that keeps up with the software releases? And that's the problem we set out, you know, basically creating and localizing is another aspect of, you know, training and support videos is it's just time consuming. It's people intensive. And once you make it, it's obsolete. So that's the problem because as soon as you finish, it's out of date. And so that's the genesis of video. How could we solve that problem? Because the state of the art, even as, you know, much as you want to believe screen recording tools have gotten easier to use, the state of the art is it just can't keep up. You can't keep up manually. Customer education, who tends to be where a lot of the specialty experience around video editing is, they just can't keep up. And that's it. You know? That makes it real easy for our audience to really grok it. I mean, I want to try to do this a couple of times through our discussion today is connect with the actual felt experience. That mm-hmm. person, that professional that you and your organization, Mark, have that you get our problem so let's go back in time i'm going to go back in time to 2015 and that was pre-pandemic height of the customer success movement right i would say we were squarely in the middle that i was working at gainsight at the time and maybe this will help because what i what i want to do is frame up a moment in time where i'm feeling things as a professional i'm trying to do my job right but we have emotions we're emotional people I am stressed out. I'm feeling like I'm, I'm getting washed over wave after wave after wave. I literally, I've told this to a manager at one point. It's like, I get knocked down and then I just get back up and get myself dusted off and dried off. And then I get hit by another wave of content that I have to build or maintain or update. And I think this is something, and now I'm breaking the fourth wall and I'm talking to a leader. I'm, I'm looking at you, leader, who may not, and I don't want you to feel, I want you to feel the right things about this. Let's frame up a leader's perspective. I'm a senior director. I'm a VP. I am looking over and caretaking 
a team of people that are doing this work, like you're talking about, Mark, they might be product marketing managers or product team, or I have a small limited pool of people who are doing kind of customer ed, but oh my gosh, we're overwhelmed because if I have to load up a screen recording tool, I use Camtasia. I love a Camtasia. It's evolved. Like you're saying, it's really cool. But if I have to do that time and time again, every quarter, every month, or continuously, oh, the video change, I got to update it. Video change, got to update it. That's a human being and you're asking me to do a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think the update, so let me riff on that for a while. So that's really where the killer pain is. Look, if you're a good video editor, okay? Yeah. You can use Camtasia or Adobe products or pick your loom or pick your screen recording tool du jour. And for a long time, some of the newer products that set out to take on the older, more established products, you know, their basic premise was, oh, we're web-based or mm-hmm. easier to use. You know, it's kind of the argument Canva versus, you know, Adobe Creative Suite. You know, you get yeah. it becomes a religious argument after a while. We're <laughs> <one, one> <laughs> oh, not talking religion on this show. No, no, I'm just saying, you know, it's uh, or a political argument. Going to use <laughs> but, but screen recording unto its nature is not designed for updating. Video is not a format that was designed for making updates. So there's kind of an impedance mismatch. It doesn't matter how easy you make the tool to create something. As soon as your software changes, the UI changes, you have to remake it from scratch. There's no easy way to edit. And a bigger problem is when you have hundreds of videos and the software changes, first question you have to ask is, like, which videos have to change? How do I know there's of my library of 300 videos, like these 32 have to change? So that was what we set out really is the bar of the problem. So like, if you work backwards, our product guaranteed will make videos faster than a screen recording tool. We'll yep. explain. But the real problem is the speed of updates and, and the content Volume is increasing. It's not getting less. That boss you mentioned, the person who doesn't really know what that individual contributor does, is, you know, the the need for content is getting greater and greater, not just video content, but help articles and product documentation and, you know, all the things you use in onboarding and everything else. So I I would then you take it to the next level, is which is people are global now. You know, if you're a company at a certain size, a SaaS company. One of your biggest challenges is going global and you can start selling globally, but then you got to build your UI to perform in native languages. And if the UI is in native languages, you got to build all the support materials from documentation to education materials. So from our perspective, screen recording tools were not built for those last two problems. They were built for creating net new content that has a shelf life. And I think if you go back to 2015, in in 2015, I was in the learning content management software business. That's my background in 2015. It was all about reusability and keeping things up to date. And I can tell you, one of the challenges was always, how do you produce something at a quality that was as good as Storyline or is as good as Mm. some of the e-learning tools that were out there and I'll really plug other tools. And what we discovered, what I learned through that experience was that people who are great at, at video in a company People who are great at building good e-learning materials using whatever, you know, pick your tool du jour. You know, you got products like Gomo and you got products like Articulate, mm-hmm. you got other products that have been around for a while. They're in short supply. And no matter, so what happens is those people can't do the work themselves. 
the only way to scale is to add more people. But if you adding more people is expensive, you know, normally yeah. customer education teams are not that big. And, and they're really not built for subject matter experts. I've been around long enough, you've been around long enough to know that whether it's a video editing tool or it's an e-learning development tool, they're built for specialists. They're not built for people who come in and out infrequently and do this stuff. They're not built for subject matter experts who, you know, are happy just to record a Zoom meeting of demoing the software. That's what they're happy to do. So now Vidiate is one of uh, a lot of new technologies that are coming out to really de-skill what you need to be to produce videos. How do you do this? It's not just us. There are people we'll talk about later who build audio voiceover tools and so yeah. on. But our, our mantra was like, how do I get videos produced at scale sustainably that can change as often as they want? They're not every six months or once a year in your video, edu- in your customer education. How do you do this in a way, Dave, that you don't need an army of video experts to do? You don't need someone who could do hand-built custom video editing after the screen recording and after the audio recording. And that's what we've set out to do is build a platform. And it's really about technology that's become available. You know, we're no different, I always say to people, than a lot of other automation tools that are being used in business. Mm -hmm. What, What do businesses try to do? Businesses try to take things that they can automate through technology to replace people who used to be doing it manually. Now, what happens is it creates this rotation where, okay, you could say, well, that's going to displace people who are video editors, Mark. Not really, because if you ask a video editor, like, what's your least favorite part of the job? They would tell you it's making the same video I made last month over again because somebody (laughs) changed the button on the screen from the left side to the right side and turned it blue. So, you know, what you really want to do is you want to use automation to get rid of the repetitive stuff so that people can work on higher value add stuff because there's always a need for higher value add stuff. Okay. You have done a really artful job in segging us into some discussion points where I think we could peel this apart and come at the problem from a compelling way. And, you know, I think what you have said resonates with me and I hope the audience in, in, in multiple ways, but one of the ways at storytelling time here, one of my managers who I, you know, dearly respected. This was a long time ago. We had a philosophy. It was his philosophy. It was that we need to automate all of the boring stuff so that we can do the things that matter. And that means going back to a video editor. No, why, why tedious? Okay. Beautiful. Well done. Let's get into topic one here. I think we've got three good topics, beefy topics that we can use to peel apart this space what I'm really trying to do, Mark, is connect us with this audience. Again, these are people that are busy. They have high expectations upon them, right? This is customer education. They have low resources typically. There are teams out there that have 10, 15, 20 people, but that's rare. The, I would say in customer education, one of the things that is the optimum, I'm caveating this, as an organization grows, there is this curve, the crossing the chasm curve. We think about Jeffrey Moore. Early, you're a small series A, series B, you're growing, you're doing stuff, and then you get bigger and you you introduce more complexity. You want more video. And then eventually you either are a large company, you've exited, you're growing. This never ends. And there's just different places and different times you need to do stuff. Now, 
let's focus in on the current economic climate, which I think is a cauldron for discovery. It's pushing us to go to new directions because we have low resources. We have high expectations. First off, let me ask you this. Why would a manager, Mark, have high expectations about the ability to deliver video? What is it? We live in the video generation now. The people coming into the workforce and the people who are becoming managers and leaders in companies are digital natives. They don't know anything but digital, okay? So, you know, there's a compelling argument for more and more video about your products. You know, second of all, we live in a very uh, distributed world. Maybe, you know, you could say it's the result of the pandemic and there's a lot of people working remotely, particularly knowledge workers, okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, we're, and we're talking about software here, right? You know, I always talk out to people, you know, we're talking about, you know, software and, and technical products that can change like that digitally. So you have this sort of inherent need to communicate with people through video. It's both a mark. It's both the market forces of what people see in their everyday life. That's how they like to consume content. You know, yeah. I go, how how do I do something? Well, I could go Google how to change the oil in my car, and the probability is I'm going to watch a video on how to change the oil, not read the instructions. Now, it's not one or the other. SaaS companies cannot get away without building a good support portal with help articles and so on. You're talking okay. documentation there, the written. Yeah, yeah but it but, does you know, this again, and you know, this and this. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but video is a must have. It's no longer a nice to have. So when I think about these small departments, when you, education departments, by and large, as you said, are not massive organizations. Yeah, there's big teams out there, but by and large, we're t- we talk to people who've got one, two, three, 10, 20 people. That's kind of where you go. And then there's some big billion dollar customers of ours that have, you know, big departments, 50, yeah, 100. Of course. People. When you talk about people building content for educational purposes, you know, it's it's thin, it's lean. And with video, the cost and the time is really prohibitive. So it's ripe for doing something better. It's ripe for technology. You know, you talked about, you know, get rid of the boring stuff. You know, you know, if you break the problem down into three basic things with video, okay, it's your software changes too frequently. You have a shortage of expert video resources, mm-hmm. okay? And that there's a compelling need, compelling need to move away from long-form education to short-form video. So, yeah. you know, I mean, Bob Mosier, Con Godbertson, you know, give them some credit. They've been pounding this five moments of need thing forever. Yeah. Sometimes... Like sometimes I'm like, you guys have been doing this a lot, but but I think it's really starting to hit stride, particularly customer education. Like, you got to onboard people. You have to give people as efficient an onboarding a process as you can. Customer education is at the forefront of that. If you don't have good education materials, onboarding becomes a high touch problem. You have to segment your audience. Like, if you're a SaaS company, how do you take your small customers, your medium customers, and your large customers, mm-hmm. and make sure that the content is tailored to the type of sophistication and type of budget that they have. You know what I'm saying? So video okay. is absolutely critical towards getting to that self-service model. And, and it's critical in education. It's critical in support, technical support, customer success. All of these things fit together. So, you know, yeah, look, small departments, high, people want high-quality video. 
as they, video is part of your brand. They want stuff that looks good. They don't want stuff that looks like a TikTok video. Even though they watch TikTok videos on a personal basis all day long, when you're thinking about a video, they really don't want your library of video to be 22 different subject matter experts in your companies, all who were recording Zoom videos, some of whom actually speak in a good voice with the right kind of inflection, mm -hmm. amber, some of whom you know, should have never made a video in the first place. How do you get that consistency, standardization? <laughs> How do you get scalability? And you can't do it by just adding bodies because you'll never get the budget for it. You'll never be able okay. to do Okay. I need six more people. Not going to happen. Let me take the baton from you for a minute. And I love all, all the things you're saying are, are dead on. So then from a high expectation, it's kind of multifaceted, isn't it? That the market itself, the you know, consumer devices that we have here, the mobile phones, the TikToks, the YouTubes, the shorts, videos and LinkedIn, all of these things have been this steady wind that has been a while. It's been taking, it's inculcating ourselves into this environment of video, right? Yeah. So that our leadership now is, oh, well, you could just make a video. I mean, let, let's, let's make it be that. I'm a leader. I go, well, we should have video and it should look good and it should be done quickly and it should do and, 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 okay, now who's going to do that? Oh, well, I'll have Jerry and Jane make these videos. Okay, now these people have never done this before. Okay, well, let's get them a tool. You know, so that it's this, I feel this push as a leader and as a practitioner, I felt this deeply that we don't have budget. We, that's why I've been scrappy. I had to go find tools that would work. You know, I found like Camtasia and Captivate and Articulate and all this stuff. And now what problem becomes is like, oh my God, I have to capture all this. I have to edit this. I have to talk through this. It is a human problem. Right. But we know we can do better. I think it's really hard because you need to think differently about the content. It's not just what you said. It's, it's not just, I can record this video and it's perfect. It's, it's happening fast. You know, we actually do. The problem to me is that let's go back to TikTok or let's go back, to, let's go back to YouTube. Because one of the things I've thought about YouTube that's so important and why I've become so attracted to it is I go, oh my God, I got a problem the car, there's something wrong with my car or my specific RV or my, you know, something. What do I do? I go to YouTube and I look up a video for it. And lo and behold, there's three or four different people who actually may be employees at a car dealership working in maintenance who decided this problem comes in a lot. And they recorded a dumb Tic Tac video, which is not dumb. And it solves my problem. That feeling of, oh my God, I can do, I can create the video and it doesn't have to be perfect is liberating. But now let's go down that, that road too. Look, I'm going to go into our second point here, which is what is the job that our content is here to do for our companies? I'll tee yeah, that up to no, you. Look, yeah, no, <laughs> to kind of follow up, look, content's like got to be part of the, the customer journey at every step. You got content. Yep. You got content when they first engage. I mean, you know, how many people are invested in marketing content to make sure that you know an inbound or someone who's come to your website is get, gets the right content. It's a conversation we have every day in marketing. It's a conversation every company has every day. So video is part of that. And you know, how-to videos and, and educational videos are not 
post-sale activities anymore. They're they're part of the whole journey. The buyer's journey may be doing a free trial early in the process. You know what I'm saying? You may have a freemium model. You may have some, you know, most SaaS companies have, you know, tiered pricing models where features get turned on, you know, sort of good, better, best pricing. Like we have that as well. You know, so you have all this need for video. And like you said, it's interesting because to change the oil in your car, that video is going to have a long shelf life. <laughs> but you know, to perform a, task, <laughs> to perform a task in a piece of business to business SaaS software, you know, that could change pretty, pretty frequently. You know, not only could the UI change, you know, the parameters that you have to put in could change, you know, the workflow could change. So you can't just like throw video out there. I've had people say that to me, like I've had executives say to me. Oh, if I was going to make a video, I would just sit down with QuickTime and make a video and put it out there. Yeah, that sounds great. Now, who's going to make it look like the rest of your videos? And who's going to make it sound like the rest of your videos, you know? Well, you know, I think we're even glossing over the most important point in all this. So let's talk about that executive that says, all right, Dave, and this happened to me before. Dave, let's just get, we've got this new product and we've changed a bunch of things. Can you just throw together a video to do this? And I go, okay, yeah, I can do that. No problem. But what's the point? The point to all of the work that we made, I like to champion my educational consultants and instructional designers that I work with. The point to all the content is to help achieve an outcome. Every video I would create is supposed to do something, but as a gestalt, as the whole of the function that I deliver as customer education, it is feature adoption engagement with my product, support deflection, demo, right? General knowledge about the product space and the feature sets, which, and these overlap fluently with other functions in a company, the sales department, the marketing team, the support team, the ops team, the whatever, right? So we're here to do something that's inherently different than just throwing a video. Let's say I'm a a car dealership and I know that I've seen these videos how to take my key fob and train my remote control garage door opener in my car to work with my garage door opener. I was, I had to look up like three or four different videos on how to do that. But that was a different kind of a problem for the manufacturer, for the company. They don't care if you use your garage door opener with your car, you care less. There's somebody there in the, the kindness of their heart, put that video out. Now flip it to me at X company who has a churn problem, and I can t- I have that churn problem that's con- com- a compounded problem because quarter after quarter with systemic changes to my UI, now I have this regression problem where my customers go, oh, in September 2021, the information I'm seeing visually matched 100% with what I'm saying, like I the map the application I'm using does. Two months later, five months later, six months later, a year later, that dealt that that shifts. So now this need for adoption engagement is turned into a problem of where I have to update and maintain. And I have to pump out so much more video and changes to that video that this is where this we're a wind, right? We're trying to map at zero day, at day of release, at moment of release, when our CI, continuous, you know, whatever, deployment or CD platform spits out the new thing, my education is updated. 
I know. You know, yes, Dave. You're That's a different that. world. That's a amazingly, totally different world. Amazingly clear. You know, day zero. The goal is day zero content. That's it for everybody. Doesn't matter what kind of content it is. I, I've had, we have a customer. They have, they have, a, they're head of a vice president globalization. They're doing really well. They, they, they think of the world as we've got to globalize all content, marketing content. We've got to globalize support content. We've got to globalize educational content. You know, Oh my, globalize. What do you mean by globalize? I mean, multiple languages. When you expand your software company, I mean, like we all know, you can go to Microsoft or, you know, Oracle or SAP and, you know, mm -hmm. their documentation is going to be in 50 languages. Fine, because they have big teams of people who've been doing that for a long time. But if you're not one of those billion dollar companies, and even billion dollar companies, I've seen a lot of them struggle with this, you know. You're not decabillions, if you will. How do you get your video into Spanish and French and German and, and Portuguese and then Chinese and Japanese? I mean, that is like so impossible to do manually. So that one is like the, is a killer. But, you know, I was saying this, the VP of globalization, one company basically said, look, we got to put our content out and our goal should be to have like our primary languages out almost at the same time, if not at the same time. No, there is work to do when you're translating things. It does, it's not like making a video. But if you start with making videos and keeping them updated, unless you keep your videos updated, you have no way to localize and globalize things. And as far as keeping them updated, I know that if you were talking to one of the screen recording tools out there, they would tell you, oh, we have lots of people who keep their videos up to date. Yeah, not really in customer education. I think if you talk to people in customer education, it's a huge struggle to keep stuff up to date. It's a huge struggle to deal with software in general and trying to keep it up to date. And, you know, look, you have to find that balance between doing it perfectly and doing it timely. And that's the part of the problem with video is that to a certain extent, Everybody, and I'll stop here and let you riff on it. Everybody's kind of created a standard of video that they think is going to help the customer learn how to use their product faster or learn how to use their product better or whatever the criteria is. But the reality of it is most people just want to get answers quickly like you do about how do I do the key fob. So short form video Lots of short form video product coverage. How do you go from having 20 super nice looking, perfect videos with all the after effects you could put it in there and everything else to 200 of them so that when they have a question, they can watch a video. They don't have to call the help desk. They don't have to call the learning department. You know, they, in, when, when your curriculum comes out and your certification programs come out, every module can have video in it as opposed to some because you can't. You know, you know, the time or the money to build them all. So I'll finalize it this way. You started with in customer education with what's the end game? What is the outcome we're trying to achieve? That's what instructional designers and people who work in customer education are very focused on. But I think there's a somewhat of a disconnect between like the perfection of the content and the velocity of the content. And we live in a velocity world now. And video, by its nature, has not had technology that made it a, a speedy thing to create and a speedy thing to update. And that's the problem we set out to solve. That's perfect. What I want to riff on, again, is the felt experience of this. Because I think the most important thing for a practitioner or a leader who is working in a customer education role 
for them to have in their toolkit and also in their cognitive toolkit is to be able to have a enter into a dialogue. So let's let's role play this for a minute. Mark. Hey Mark, or Mark, you say, Dave, we need to do these videos and we need to keep them up to date. We need to do all this stuff. And then there's poor me. And I go, Mark, I get exactly what you're talking about. But me as the practitioner with experience now and understanding the tools that are available to us in 2023, right? So this is mm -hmm. not the 10 year ago me or the 20 year ago me, it's now. Mm -hmm. Okay, I know what we need to do. There's the concept of that iron triangle, right? In project management, the iron triangle, you know, like the time, speed, cost. Mm -hmm. What we're now seeing with platforms such as Video is that we're actually can cheat a little bit on the iron triangle. You know, it's a little bit more squishy because the speed part can be impacted and helped extended a little bit because we can have formulaic systemic processes that develop the content we need to get to our customers in a timely manner. What I'm really trying to say here is, look, I've spent enough time as a developer and worked with project and I've been a project manager and I've done the things to watch how content, like I have this deep felt sense of understanding how long it actually takes to get something done. And I think that's something that we have to connect with as leaders to leadership is that it takes a non-zero effort to get something done. You want this Mercedes, you know, this like really awesome car, right? I'm not giving you that. You, you, you can pay for that. Do you want it? It's a lot of money, right? But if you want this and, and we know, look, look where we are in time. We've gone through COVID. We've blown out to the four winds. People are working everywhere. It's hard to do the things. But what I need is to have an automated tool that's constantly pumping out the changes in the video and the language that I could actually take and reuse and add on to with video, with a video editor or make bigger, or I could focus that video expertise of a human being's time and energy on ooh, maybe skill type training that doesn't necessarily relate directly to what the product is doing. Or I might now make a course for leaders who can understand and grok the deeper executive function of my product and give them a training. Like basically you're doing a lot more with a lot less. I agree, Dave. And I don't want, I don't want the conversation to go away from our goal at video is to produce videos that are so high quality that the best video editor in a company would say, I couldn't do it any better. That's our goal. Okay. Now we're a young company and we're getting closer and closer to that goal. And Last month, we had a customer webinar where we went over our roadmap for the year. And at the end of this month, we're going to release part of our product that's going to take us to a level of finish and polish that you can do in Adobe After Effects. It's Holy a big cow. goal for us, okay? But the art of handcrafting videos, the time, money, the things you were talking about in the Iron Triangle, it doesn't scale. And doesn't the fact scale. of the matter is... It's not how fast can an individual video, video editor make a video. Because think about this. Like the industry average for videos, we've heard time and time again, is from script writing to screen recording to voiceover to review to putting in special effects, zooms, highlights, cutting out dead time. Transitions, things like that. Things like that. The, yeah. the, the rule of thumb everyone's been using for many years has been four hours per minute of video. That's it. Okay. We're talking about how-to videos. And what we've seen is, you know, the best in class people have probably gotten down to three, three hours to a minute of video. You have to write the scripts and things like that today. I'll come back to that in a second. And 
There are tools out there like these AI voiceover tools, which we plug into our platform. We're not we're not in the voice building business that help get it down, you know, from four hours to three hours and so on. But if you were explaining to your boss, like, okay, how much video do you think we need to produce? And they said, well, we want 80% of, of this product to be covered in video, how to's, how to add a user, how to create a transaction, how to reverse a transaction, whatever, make your list of all the videos you need for all the curriculum you have. But we want it to be a certain coverage for education, educational videos, support videos, whatever it is going to be. Then the question could be how frequently do you software change? Okay. Well, not every software change is a complete UI change. So the first thing is, can you help me figure out which ones have got to change? And second of all, can you, when you put factor in the time it's going to take, let's just say 25% of your videos need to be made every quarter. Okay. Well, you're not making 200 videos once a year. You're now making 200 videos to start plus 50 videos three more times. So it's 350 videos times that wow. amount of time. Okay. Yeah. Now, so what you really need is you need to say, where is the order of magnitude technology saving? Where's the piece of technology that can take this and give me the 10x effect? How do I get the 10x effect? So one person can produce 10 times more video, not just once, but keeping it updated and potentially translating it into other languages or building derivatives of it for other roles or markets or segments, what are going to do? And that's what we believe we can do at Vidiate is that it's not about explaining to your boss, like, how long does it take to make one video? It's how long does it take to maintain it, to keep it up to date, okay, to translate it, to localize it, and to build and to have enough product coverage where you're going to impact the customer success factor. See, customer ed, you know, when I started on this, is part of customer success. That's just it. It may report somewhere else right now. And there's been this big rotation, as you've probably seen, about where customer ed <laughs> reports. But the fact of the matter is, customer education is critical to user adoption. It's critical towards, you know, stickiness and retention and all these other things. So I always look at the world and say, video, whether it's for customer education or for product support or whatever, is all tied to customer success. That's it. How do we retain customers? How do we get them, you know, time to value quicker? And if the problem is that keeping videos up to date with your software is critical to doing that, then no one's going to let you answer the question, Dave. Well, if you want 80% product coverage and you need to keep them up to date, I need five more video editors. Man, that's not going to yeah. happen. Yeah. Right? So the proposition is how to use the technology that's emerging to do this. And there's great technology emerging to help you out here. I've actually said that and done that where I had a team and I, I did it out of spite more than anything to say, how do we make a maintenance cycle that we keep our content updated as much as possible? How can we do that? It can be done, but it's sloppy, messy, not perfect. It takes a lot of people and it takes a lot of money. And the feeling of that is, you sometimes actually end up getting something that I don't like to get into, which is a, well, now we're looking at the velocity of your delivery of people. And that turns into this, well, there's the, the last thing an instructional designer, learning experience designer wants to be is graded on content velocity. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because there are, there are creatives. There are people that are, are there to impart their love of a product sometimes. You know, sometimes people aren't, aren't that joyous about the platform they're producing content for. But 
You know what I want to riff on real briefly before we, we've got about 10-ish minutes before we wrap up, but the experience that I had with the platform, and this is one of those cases where I'm really happy to say I know more about Vidiate than just the name, that I understand how it fits into the production cycle. And I think what really helps is that me having spent time in development and understanding, I want to make an assertion here about customer education that there's one piece of our organization that if we can automate, and, and when I say automate, I say that a little fuzzy, but I mean, what if, let's practice, work out loud. All right, I have Vidiate. I have a team. My job, I have, let's say, 10 pieces of content that are, are core pieces of content. They're that 80%. I need to keep them updated every month. So how I would work into that is the thing that I really enjoy about the platform is I can essentially create a script, my script that it would make anyway, my storyboard, show this, do this, say this, whatever. It's columns, very easy, very straightforward. This is what I would be doing as an instructional designer, developing my script and my story to give to a, to a developer to make that video, do all these things, blah, blah, blah. And then my developer goes off and they make it, Right. It's tedious. They got to log into the app. They've got to do some things. Actually, we've got into an argument recently about that. It's like, I need as a developer for training content, access to an environment, a demo environment that's real, right? And sometimes I even need to go one step further, Mark, and I might need to run that script in a customer's unique environment that's different from the, the other people. This is a combinatorial explosion. This is one of my favorite words in, in, I used to teach a game design. Combinatorial explosion is I have to do one thing 10, 100, a million times. It's a, now that's also scale, right? So everything you're saying is can, if I, as a customer education, I'm like now an engineer, right? I'm working with my product team and I go, we have a tight relationship. And we together have made the scripts that are these foundational scripts that go one level up from documentation, right? Because now we're into the space of video showing, doing, and now I'm maintaining that and I can put that in my continuous release or continuous deployment process. I can literally can create video scripts that produce the content in all the different languages and several different things. Those videos can be created alongside my you know, it can be kicked off at night. Your application actually can log in, go through all of the, hopefully this is okay with you for me, parenting back what your platform does. But could you, as a listener now, imagine, I have an automated system that does this. I'm not doing it. And we could even go to the point where I'm working with my development team and my data science people and all this stuff. Think about this. Like we get to Kirkpatrick and beyond. In education, we're really wanting to see the outcomes of the things that I have. Well, if I've cut that production cycle down to really nominal, I've actually deployed that content automatically, maybe even into my LMS on the fly. Now my team's freed up to focus on the things that matter. You know, Dave, you're spot on and great job explaining it. Look, for those on the call who don't know about Vidiate, yeah, we, we want to go goal, into a demo on that or just talk about it out loud. I want to talk about it. Our goal making Vidiate was to de-skill the video production problem so you could scale, okay? And to make updates, make it faster to create, make it faster to update, and make it faster to localize, okay? So how do we do that? 
We start with a Word doc or a Google doc or an XML doc. We work in all of those environments. XML is pretty popular in the product documentation space. And so we can turn product tech docs into videos as well. That was part of where where we began. But if you think about it, like what do I mean by de-skill? Okay, what do you have to do to make a video? You have to write a script. Now, you know, I've talked to some people who say, well, I'll just sit down and wing it. No, you know, that's not how it really works. It's not how you make your educational materials. You don't just wing it. Okay. But you know, there are some people, people really do, do Mark. It. I mean, really, <laughs> we wing it a lot of the time. I know. <laughs> but you got to write a script. Okay. We don't write the scripts for you, but guess what? You know, that's where chat GPT and generative AI is starting to make inroads into like, can we actually start to automate the creation of scripts? That's a whole nother topic. Okay. But then you have to screen record, you got a voice and you got a post-production edit. I got to Cut out the part of the screen recording that was waiting for a query to return results. It, it sat there for 30 seconds. I don't want the user to sit there for 30 seconds. Somebody's got to chop that out. I got to, you know, a voiceover. Look, if you're doing manual voiceovers, you got to get rid of the ums and the stammers and the dog barking and the leaf blowers blowing at home. And that if you use an AI tool, you know, an AI voice tool, that helps a bit with that. But you got to deal with pronunciation and words that aren't spelled right and things like that. There's audio editing as well. And then you got to do the the stuff at the end, the part that puts the polish on, you got to trans, you got to put the bumper video in, put the transition out. You got to fade between this part of the video and that part of the video. You got to make sure that when I'm changing from the admin role in the video to the regular user role, it's got a smooth, you know, feel to it, all of those things. Yeah. That's video editing. With Vidiate, our goal was to say, write down what you want to say, add to it what you want to do. It's part of our tool. I want to click here. I want to type some data into this field. I want to check a box. I want to, you know, uh, I want to pick from a drop-down list and we'll do the rest for you through automation. I always say, if you want to think about what Vidiate is, Vidiate is an army of software robots sitting up in the cloud and you send them a script and they send you back an MP4. And that's how it works. Now, we're not perfect yet. We're still raising the bar. We're still getting better at things. We've been in business for three and a half years. We've only been in the market for about two years after we built the product. But what I can tell you is that we have people at companies who have no video editing experience, never built professional videos before, banging out educational and onboarding materials at a level of quality in a tenth of the time it would take someone to learn how to be a video editor. Yeah. And that's only getting better. We live and breathe every day, Dave, to say, how do we get to that next level of order of magnitude improvement? So I think really what it comes down to is, well, I go back to my e-learning example, a good person using an e-learning tool can create amazing interactive e-learning, you know, where the user clicks here and does that. But think about it. A lot of the early tools for customer education you know, I'll, I'll leave the names out here. We're like, take a screenshot and then, you know, pretend the user's filling in a field or clicking something. Yeah. That doesn't fly anymore. The software changes too fast. You got to use the real software. So it's no longer about how good can human editors make things. It's now about how do we combine automation with human being being the final arbiter of the truth. Okay. How's that for a word today? Like we're not going to displace all the instructional designers and the video editors. We're going to get rid of all the boring and repetitive stuff yeah. and make it scalable and sustainable. So you're not dependent. Like, you know, how many companies call me up and say, I'm a two-person customer education department and my video editor just left. <laughs> you're kind of hosed right now. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> yep. 
Should have given them that raise, but okay. Yeah. Wow. So when you think about where this all leads to, Dave, AI is all over the news. I mean, come on, let's face it. In three months, this chat GPT stuff has forced everybody. Today, Salesforce announced they're adding chat GPT. Einstein. To Einstein. Yeah. I read the article. I wake up every day and there's a new article. about what? Something. Yeah. So there's four parts to video making that are ripe for technology. Okay. Uh, let's start at the beginning. Uh, script writing. Now, ChatGPT, products like that, I, I see somebody just leaked <laughs> Google's llama code out the door, which is very sad. I just saw a thing on that. So we're going to get to the point, Dave, and this is where we started. We're going to get to the point where you're going to dump into a private repository, not the public web scrape that these tools work off of. And it's going to learn from your product documentation and everything else how to write a script. And that script's going to be 80% accurate. And all the person's going to do is clean up the last 20%. Great. I've just saved you some time. Now, remember, screen write, screen capture is about 20% of the overall process of making a video. Okay. What's the next piece of it? The next piece is I got to record screens. Okay. We built a platform to automate the recording of screens. We can capture and record screens at a speed that no one else can. We're first to market and we, you know, we, we're trying to build a big moat around ourselves. Okay. As we always say, voiceover. Great. There's great voiceover tools. You know them out there. We started with Amazon and Microsoft Cognitive Services and yeah. we've worked with IBM Watson and we just signed a partnership with WellSet Labs and we plugged them into our platform as well. There's other people out there who, if you if there's a particular voice you like out there, you like it. Look, there are a lot of people in the education space, Dave, who still think I got to have a human being doing this. Okay. Well, there's companies out there like Synthesia that are building avatars and yep. those avatars are getting better. It's a personal opinion or, you know, back to my political or other argument. Like some people don't like avatars. Some people want a talking head. But most of the world is going to a place where I've got to, I got to go faster. So I got to write scripts faster. There's technology emerging for that. I got to do screen recording. There's technology like video that's already out there. I got to do voiceover. There's technology that's as good as a human being speaking for three minutes and you can hardly tell the difference. And most customers would rather have soft videos that are always up to date with a computer generated voice, as opposed to waiting for the human being to do the voiceover. And the yeah. last piece of it is machine translation for, for localization. I mean, come on, we all use Google Translate. Like somebody says like, oh, I, I don't understand somebody. And they said a word. <laughs> but those kinds of tools, are, there's enterprise tools out there that do this at scale. And we have customers who can go at unheard of speeds now. One customer, we did a webinar with them a few months in late January. They went public with it. What used to take them six or seven months to catch up their educational curriculum in other languages, they're already down to six weeks in eight languages. Okay? Wow. And it's going to get even faster now. Okay. There's a big QA. So think about it. Where does AI fit into making video production faster? Chat GPT, generative AI is going to be all over enhancing the script writing process. Videate's out there to, to do all of the automation from beginning to end. There's voiceover tools we plug in and you can use standalone whenever you need them that are out there, AI-generated voices that have gotten great, okay? And machine translations out there that's AI-based and learns your product, learns the terminology using gets better. So, I mean, it's happening. Videate's it's happening. part of the world, but it's happening around you. And I, I don't see how video editors could just say, I'm going to make everything by hand. It doesn't make sense to me. Well, it's a transformative moment. Mark, I think this is a good, you done a really good job articulating this space. And I think, check out this product. If you're an instructional designer, and again, I really like the messaging you said about 
we're going to transition. These are tools that help you. This isn't something to be afraid of. I mean, this is the standard thing. I love this as a tool in my toolkit because it allows me to go so much more faster, to do more, to achieve what we really need to achieve in customer ed, which is scale. Scale comes first. Speed comes first. Getting to our customer, helping them out comes first. And that's I, probably one of the most palpably important things that in business, in SaaS, with software, we have to have that velocity. Because if we don't have that velocity, we fail. We can't, we come in and take months to do something that should take days. I'll leave you with this about video. When we first got started, we were looking at this problem, Dave and I, Dave, my partner, Dave. We were fascinated by the fact that the actual production process of making a video using a screen recording tool Mm -hmm. and voiceover really hadn't changed in 30 years. And we were like blown away by the fact because like it's gold, it's a gold mine to find a, a business problem that the technology been basically the same for 30 years. I mean, that doesn't exist in a no. lot of business. So, you know, all we can say is that if you if you're in customer education, you know, and you're all about what are the learning outcomes and how do people get certified and use my product? Because that's what I got to get to at the end of the day. How do I get them to competency as fast as I can? So I have better retention, I have better time to value, and I don't churn. Then Anything that you could do in the middle to eliminate the content, yeah. produ- to, to speed up the content production part of it at a level of quality that is going to meet the needs of, of your audience. Well, why wouldn't you do that? You know, Why wouldn't you? Okay. With that, that's amazing. So Mark, I'm going to take us out now. This has been wonderful. Where can we find you and where can we find more information about Vidiate? Great. Well, Vidiate's at www.vidiate.io. We own the dot .io. .io. Okay. It's V-I-D-E-A-T-E dot I-O. We're on, obviously, on social media as well. It's an easy way to get to us. You can get to me at Mellinger on LinkedIn. And uh, yeah, we'd love to chat. And uh, Dave, thank you for giving us the opportunity to share our thoughts and, and sponsor the show. We think you're doing a great job and we hope we get a chance to do this again and tell you more about what we're up to. Fantastic, Mark. Okay, this is great. This has been an excellent episode. We appreciate you being on, Mark. And Get out there and learn about Vidiate at Vidiate.io. Folks, audience, again, thanks for joining us. If you want to learn more, we have our podcast website at customer.education. Very simple, easy to get to. There you can always find our show notes and other material that will help you get connected to the, the right tools and the right players like Mark here at Vidiate. And please, if you found value in this podcast, one of the things that we're always asking is to get out there, share with your friends, with your peers, over beers, in your network, and help us find the others. Mark told you where you can connect with him. We're out there on LinkedIn all the time and in YouTube and other places. Special thanks to Alan Kona for providing our awesome theme music, which has been upgraded and we appreciate it. And if you're subscribed not right now, we'd really love a five-star review from you. It helps us to share the love with the rest of the world. So to our audience, thanks for joining. Get out there. Educate, experiment, find your people. Thanks, everybody.